welcome back yes thank you to the uh the four or so people who have listened to the podcast so far um three of them being my mother uh, yeah i'm back for another episode and i know i've been completely inconsistent um i can't remember what day i did it last week and i know we said in the first week i'd do them of a thursday and if you're listening to this the day it gets recorded and uploaded um well it's friday um, I think I blamed the bank holiday for some reason last week. I don't know why, but I'm going to blame it again this week. Um, but there you go. Um, but yeah, thank you for the couple of pe- people who have been listening. Um, some people have said if they they've enjoyed my bassy, dulcet tones. Um, you might not learn anything from it, but maybe it'll help you sleep if nothing else. Um, yeah, so it seems to go up on Spotify pretty quickly. It does go up on Google Podcasts. Um, it seems to take longer for it to be published there. Um, I don't know, maybe the CIA need to scan it for, um, you know, content that they disagree with. Sorry, hang on, let me readjust my very tight tinfoil hat. Um, yeah, and I'm not sure if it's up on uh, Apple Podcasts because I don't have any way of checking that. Um, maybe you can check Apple Podcasts via a browser somehow, but I don't know. If, if you have... Apple, uh, have a look, see if it's there. If it isn't, tell me, and I'll see if I can rectify that. And if it is, well, you know, that's good, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start this week again, where I kind of, well, not where I finished last week, but what I spoke about last week, about idiot driving on, on our Irish roads. Um, yeah, here I am again on my fucking high horse. Um, but no, no, this is more about other people being up on their high horse which I noticed, noticed, noticed recently. And one thing that sparked this in my mind is I was going across the, oh, I don't know which bridge it is. It's one of the bridges in town nearer, nearer like the Houston station end, uh, the modern one, the white one with the, that wobbles when you drive over it. Um, so I was going across, going north, what, northbound. And as I was stopped in the queue of traffic, as some man in a, in a Granby Burger van and if you don't know what a Granby Burger is, give it a Google. Fucking horrific things. Um, he was going the other way and he was beeping. And I was like, what? And then I looked and he was beeping because a couple of cars, you know, nipped through just after the light went red. We've all done it. Not getting in anyone's way. And he's beeping at them. And I'm just like, why? Why are you doing this? And then like, it reminded me, like, there was a day last week where I was... I was driving towards Vincent's Hospital very early, in, very early in the morning. Um, so you go down the, uh, is it the N11? It would be the N11, wouldn't it? Um, and like traffic is, is relatively light at that time of the day. But if you nip down the bus lane, um, you could save yourself five minutes. And I, every minute counts to me. And so I was popping along um, and I decided to use the bus lane, as I said, just to try and save the small amount of time it might save me. Um doing 63 kilometers an hour you know the limit there is 60 um so i ended up undertaking but not not in an aggressive or intentional way undertake undertook undertaking a guy and um, because he was doing about i don't know 43 kilometers um and as i went by him big flash of the of the high beams as usual as you get from these people and then we get the next set of lights and i he, he he stops and I didn't even look at him but I could see he's, he's rolled down his window and I decided not to engage with him and he started talking so I was like okay so I rolled down the window and he's like oh are you a taxi I just didn't even respond I just gave him one of those deadpan looks 
because you know you're in a bus lane there. And I just pointed it across to the sign because that, and like many other bus lanes in the country, it doesn't actually open as a bus lane until 7 a.m. And he kept ranting and raving then. I don't know what he wanted to say. I just did that, you know, slow roll back up at the window and continued on my journey. What I'm getting at is, is why people feel they need to just get into these unintentional antagonistic situations on the road. Um, I understand someone drawing attention or, or being irate if you do something that's generally dangerous or, or intentionally arseholery. But when you're just doing something because you need to get somewhere and you're not affecting anybody else or putting anyone else in danger, who gives a shit? Like, I don't give a shit what anyone else does. Even if they, even if they do do something, like, if someone cuts me off, but like, doesn't take the front end off my car, they're just in a rush somewhere. I'm just like, whatever. There's no point in beeping the horns. No point in arguing with them because it's just gonna raise my blood pressure, make me pissed off the rest of the day. And honestly, I just don't care. No one gets hurt, and the world keeps spinning. It's just another one of those things. I just, I don't know. Driving standards in this country, I don't know. I've been to other European countries and it's just not as bad. I don't know. I know the UK is similar enough, but I don't know. As I said last week, there's just need the, the barrier to entry to driving driving a vehicle on the public roads is just too low and it needs to be reevaluated. Um I'll stop that rant now. Let's talk about some stuff that's um happening in the actual real world of motoring. Um so Lamborghini have released um, two special editions um, based on the Aventador platform. One's called the Invin- Invincible, Invincible, and the other one is called the Authentica. Um, I think Invinc- Invincible is uh, actually Invincible in Spanish, I think. Um, and Authentica is obviously authentic. Um, so apparently the, the, there's a run out for this current V12, which I'm not sure what the actual nomenclature of this current V12 is because in Lamborghini germs it's actually been quite short lived it's only been around for about a decade or so because it replaced the long lived Bizzarini V12 that was in everything from uh, the, the Miura up to the uh, run out Murcia Lagos um, might, have been, might even predate the Miura but anyway it's been, that was around for decades then we have this one and then the next one's going to be as probably it's not confirmation yet but smaller capacity and uh, hybridized for show. And um, for these special editions, the Invencible and the Authentica, basically mechanically the same as as uh, an Aventador SVJ, which apparently is a good car. I don't know. Lamborghinis don't really float my boat. They're just a bit too flash, um, which is a shame because I don't. Does anyone else make a mid-engined, naturally aspirated V12 car? I don't think they do currently. Putting aside um, the upcoming Gordon Murray. What's the what's the big one with the fan? T T thirty five? Whatever. Um and the Aston Martin Valkyrie, which I see a lot of um journals have been given a, a spin of the AM or Pro, whatever the track version is of so the road car itself is may as well be a track car. Um but the track only version of the Valkyrie um and it sounds incredible, like proper late 80s v12 formula one car shit which look if i had the money you know i'd have well would i have one i don't know i'd have the gordon murray thing for sure but this amr product so the the track only one i I don't really know what it's for because 
I don't think there's any track in Europe anyway uh, and the UK where you'd be able to use the thing because it's definitely way too loud. It would break all of the noise limits. And uh, yeah, and it's 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 probably way too quick for anyone outside of an, uh, a GT driver, a professional GT, when I say that, like as in sports car racing. Oh yeah, you know you know what I'm trying to say. It seems like it's it's too much car. But then again, the people who buy these things are are probably never going to use them. Um, and, and as 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 is the same with these um, special edition Lamborghinis, um, they're just going to end up in collections and never see the light of day. Although these special editions, anyway, what I was trying to say, I'm totally going off topic. You can tell I'm tired. And it's the end of the week. Um, I apologize. This is much more terrible than usual. Um, but yeah. They're incredibly ugly. They're horrible looking things. I think the the swan song for this V12 should have just been, well, it should have just been the SVJ or like even a, like a, a special edition of the SVJ. It should have just been an Aventador. But special edition sells and they can put a huge mark up on them. Um, horrible looking things, but look, it is what it is. Lamborghinis. They're for a different audience, not me. Um, brash to some is beautiful. Um, to me, it is just tacky shit. Oh, Aston Martin. Well, I think it's a privateer with a bit of a small bit of backing from Aston Martin. Um, are going to Pikes Peak with a Vantage GT3. Um, the current Vantage I don't think is as cool a car as the previous generation Vantage, but I do still have a soft spot for it. But this at this GT3 car that they bring to Pike Peak, didn't bring to Pikes Peak. Man, it looks the dog's bollocks. Um, look it up. Give it a Google. It looks great. Um. It'll sound great. Uh, whether it'll get anywhere, um, I think it's going. Well, I suppose it's a GT GT three car, so it can't be considered as part of the road car section. I don't know. There's so many different categories in Pikes Peak. Um, Pikes Peak again, kind of past its heyday um, since they got rid of the gravel, but still a cool spectacle. I, I, I wouldn't mind having an elf looking trip to go see Pikes Peak some 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 year. Um, try and get somewhere near the top. Bring some oxygen tanks with me because it gets pretty high near the summit um, that'd be pretty cool um, what else has there been oh um, there's a company in Italy I think Modificata is that the name of them Modific- Modificata they, um, they specialise in just tuning Italian sports cars mainly Ferraris and uh, you may have seen they have done a manual conversion on a 458 Speciale now I love a manual gearbox as I'm sure you all do and there are some cars that I do consider a manual conversion isn't necessarily a bad thing, like the E60 M5 um, and the E46 uh, CSL. But then there are some cars I think maybe it really shouldn't, and I think the 458 Speciale could fall into that category. Because um, it's obviously, the drivetrain in that car is considered possibly Ferrari's best um, you know it was the end of the naturally aspirated V8 um, and it's so high revving and so responsive that I think a manual gearbox would just be too slow to go with the uh, the ferocity of the engine and they put up a video there recently and on board of their t- obviously their test driver however uh, milling it around which looks like it could have possibly be a public road I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a track um, and you can see like especially one of those cars I think where you know you steer it on the throttle it has a very lively rear end and I don't know having to take your hand off the wheel to shift a open gated manual um, I don't know I, I think it, 
it's a step too far. It's I, I'm I'm kind of happy that at least one exists. I think it's nice to have one example of a manual car that never was. But I hope that doesn't become I hope it doesn't become a thing. Um, doing manual swaps in speciales, um, because there isn't that many of them anyway. I don't think there was. I don't think they were hugely limited numbers. I think there might be. I think they might have made fifteen hundred or so of them in total. But it's a special car. Want, want for a better word. Um, that I don't think needs needs meddling with. And in this instance, I think the the dual clutch um, F one paddle gearbox jobby that's in the speciale is probably the gearbox you should stick with. Um, it was the gearbox it was always meant to have. And I don't know if a manual would actually add anything to the car. But what would I know? I haven't driven any of them and probably never will. So, motorsport news. Um, so, obviously, uh, I won't go too much into F1 because I'm going to save, a, a, like, I'll probably dedicate a whole episode um, either during or just before pre-season testing, which is uh, the last week in February. And um, I'll probably do, maybe I'll do it between um, the, the winter testing and... Or say the preseason testing and the first race in Bahrain. Because I think it's I think only a week gap between between both. Um, it's it's coming up fast. Um, but there have been a few. Oh, I stress to call them launches, uh, car launches, delivery launches. I suppose. Um, the first was Haas. Uh, to and they did at least they called it a livery launch. Um, it's basically a show car with their new livery. And the reason they have a new livery is because they have a new title sponsor, MoneyGram, which. I don't know, some sort of financial app in America for, I don't know, I have no idea. It doesn't, it's meaningless to me. Um, they have, their corporate colours is green, so it would be nice having their green car on the grid, but the, the delivery that has launched is pretty fucking dull. Um, I, as I said, I think, I think I said this last week, but I think, I think Haas just aren't really arsed. I think Gene Haas is just there because... He's he bought into Formula One with a Formula One team, and his asset is worth more now than it was when he first got in, and it's probably going to increase in value. Um, I don't think he really gives a shit about how competitive the team is. Um, obviously, those within the team, he worked, you know, the, the from the mechanics to the to the, the team management, uh, team principal, all the drivers. I'm sure they all want to succeed, but the person paying the bills, I don't think he really gives a shit. Um, Obviously now they have Kevin Magnussen and they're going to have uh, Nico Hulkenberg um, who replaced Mick Schumacher, I think, which is questionable um, whether that was a necessarily the right way to go. He might be a more steady set of hands than Mick um, who, you know, certainly had a few wobbly moments in his second year in F1 but he certainly showed he's, he's improving. Um, and like, you know, Nico Hulkenberg is no spring chicken. He's 35, 36 um, which is old, I guess, in Formula One terms. Although Fernando Alonso would think differently, um, and he's also the you know he's, I think he's you know is is he is he that good that he deserves to come back? You know, like he holds the record for the most F one starts without a podium. Um, I don't know. I, I won't go. Too, I won't go too much into the driver lineups because, I'll, you know, I'll cover that more in a in a preview podcast um, to the F one season. Um, but you had two two drivers at um, Haas who share another stat. Uh, they both have one podium uh, without any race wins, and at least K Mag has a podium to to, to cheer about. Uh, they, yeah, they both have one one uh, F one pole position, and they both actually achieved that in uh, Brazil at Interlagos. 
Uh, K-Mag did it just last season, of course, um, which you might remember if you watch Formula 1. And Nico Hulkenberg did it in the Williams in, I'm going to say, 2010, I think, if my memory serves me correct. Um, anyway, back to the, the, yeah, the launches. So the, we had Haas. Then there was Red Bull. And again, looks almost identical to last year's uh, livery. Um, but the big news with that one was after it was launched in New York City. Um, it was the... Although the rumour wasn't flying around long, too long because... You know, it was only a few weeks ago when they were, you know, courting Porsche to, to be a partner with them, which fell through because Porsche wanted too much, and Red Bull were like, "No, we're not giving that much away, and um, we are independent." But yeah, that Red Bull and Ford are um, are going to get into bed with each other from twenty twenty six onwards. Um, how much uh, Ford are actually going to be involved in the actual running of the Formula One team uh, or the powertrain in itself? I don't know, it was pretty questionable because Red Bull now have their own facility, um, Red Bull Powertrains, um, which is at their base in, where are they? Milton Keynes. Um, so I think, you know, Red Bull are going to build the engine, there'll be a Ford badge stuck to it, and they'll pump a little bit of money in, I think is what the long and short of it's going to be. Um, yeah. Yeah, I suppose, you know, Ford will get the public, the, the international publicity of Formula One and Red Bull get a get a bit of cash from an OEM, which never hurts. Um, interesting to see how it all works out. Um, obviously, Red Bull are on a, on a roll thus far, but their, uh, their misgivings with the old budget cap last year has restricted their wind tunnel time and they've had a little bit of a financial slap on the wrist, but I don't, I don't think that would be a bit meaningless. But um, yeah, the wind tunnel time, will definitely have an effect this year but it'll also have an effect on, on next year's car as well because it's how much they can use the wind tunnel this year and obviously they'll develop next year's car this year um, so yeah no doubt yeah, for Red Bull they're, they're clearly a great team um, a very successful team but we shall see how much um, we'll see how much those penalties affect them um, going forward because competition I think will be stronger this year but again I'm not going to go too much into that um, which other of the teams Gave us a new livery launch. Williams, um, again, show car with a livery which looks very similar to last year's. Um, it's a nice shade of blue. Um, there's less sponsors on it this year than there was last year because uh, Nicholas Latifi is gone and they have Logan Sargent coming in, uh, an American driver, which might help them long run um, if he's any use, which we'll wait and see. Um, yeah, looks pretty much identical. They, they have a Duracell um sponsorship and the rollover hoop airbox um looks like a uh, a double a battery that's kind of cool but yeah just another show car with a pretty much an identical livery to last year and who else was there, there was another one who else get oh alfa romeo and um, theirs does at least look a bit different and they actually showed the car the actual car it wasn't just like a show car they showed the actual 2023 car um has some interesting aerodynamic work around the floor which obviously is a key area in these new regs and they've obviously take, they've they've cherry picked stuff from the successful teams from last year. Um, so like their their side pods, um, the opening is very Ferrari like uh, from last year, and they've gone for the more kind of swoopy jobs of say like uh, Red Bull and stuff um, for the actual for the actual side pods themselves. Um, the livery is is different. So they were white and red the last couple of years, um, and now it's it's black and red. Um, which basically means they'll have to paint the black bits so they can uh, 
they can uh, just leave it as bare carbon, which, as we saw, a good bit of last year because all of the teams were struggling to get to the minimum weight. Um, but also the black and red is a way, I s- assume, to slightly ease this into the uh, the Audi corporate colours um, because, of course, Audi are going to essentially be buying out well, they're buying out, well, Alfa Romeo will be parting ways with them in 2026 and it will become Audi in 2026. Um, I think it will still be, I think several will still have a minority stake, but I think Audi are looking to take a majority stakeholder over the next couple of years and it will be the Audi F1 team. Um, but yeah, I think that's all of the F1 cars we've seen so far. I don't think, of them. are we missing anyone? So Ferrari we haven't seen. I think they're they're, they're going to be next next week. Mercedes we haven't seen. McLaren we haven't seen oh one thing about McLaren I posted on social media about three or four days ago that I think um, Honda cause Honda have put in an expression of interest that they will be an engine manufacturer from 2026 onwards um, but they're not linked to any team so far so I said when I saw that that I thought um, they will either be uh, a partnership or possibly completely buy out the Williams team because Williams as you may know, is no longer actually owned by the Williams family as of a year and a half, two years ago. And it was bought by an investment firm called Darlton Capital. Um, and being an investment firm, um, you'd have to assume they're going to want to cash in on their investment at some point. Um, and selling to a big OEM um, could be the way to do that. But I said that, um, I was like, you know, I think uh, Williams Honda, um, obviously they had a, a successful partnership back in the uh, the 80s possibly early 90s the late 80s anyway um but after i said that then about two or three days later it was announced um not even a rumor but um there's been an initial contact between mclaren and honda about them getting back to a partnership Um, obviously in the 80s and, and, and 90s they had a very successful partnership um mclaren honda then honda came back to formula one initially with mclaren um, they were rushed into coming in an hour an hour a year early by ron dennis and well it was a bit of a shit show um and they cut ties early and then honda went to red bull and they've been super successful although they pulled out of f1 just before um red bull won the championship with the engine that they developed ah classic honda other motorsport news oh the wrc is on this weekend again um rally sweden um so yesterday they had the, the, the opening special stage, um, which was won by Cali Ravampera. And I just logged in to have a look because it's the, the today's running, this being Friday, will have just finished. Um, so I've only just seen the times. I don't know exactly what happened, but Cali Ravampera has gone from first down to fifth, and he's like 40-odd seconds off the lead. Um, so he must have had an off. But who is leading the event by nearly 10 seconds is our very own Waterford man, uh, Craig Breen is currently leading the Swedish rally um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can keep it between the snowbanks and get a, a win um, the, the, the Swedish rally is always a good one snowy, jumpy rally um, so yeah, I'm going to keep my finger on the pulse on that over the weekend um, the, the weekend just gone was the uh, the 12 hours of Bathurst which was amazing um, I watched the first couple of hours um, but then of course being in Australia um, I had to go to bed, so I switched it off for a while. But I woke up in time for the last hour, and I tuned in just before. Um, so the lead three cars were still the same. It was the two. It was two of the uh, the AMG GT three cars, um, and then the Mante Porsche was in third. The nine one two Mante Porsche. 
GD3 and the triple nine car was 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 following the 75 car um, as I had been when I switched off so there hadn't been a whole lot of uh, chopping and changing um, I literally tuned in just as the triple nine car made an audacious move on the 75 um, going into one of the one of the final ish corners and um, I don't know the names of the corners at uh, Mount Panorama so do excuse me but yeah he spun out the lead car um, and on a Unsurprisingly, they were given the nine, the triple nine car was given a drive through. So yeah, it got a drive through penalty, which handed the um, the lead back to the seventy five car, and then they were being chased down. Um, I think I had about a, the seventy five car had about a, I think it was an eighteen second lead um, with about forty five minutes to go, but were being chased down hard by the the nine one two, the Porsche, the nine one two car, nine one two being the number of the car, not the Porsche nine one two. Because um, that'll be impressive, um, and I thought the the Porsche was actually gonna gonna get them before the end, but uh, the seventy five uh, Mercedes managed it beautifully. Uh, Gunan was driving, um, and yeah, he held on to the end. Um, but what a great, what a great because the the seventy five as well caught up to the the two the two cars, the the Porsche and the the other AMG seventy five. So the, the there was the three way battle at the end for the lead. Um, which is great for a 12 hour endurance race. That's great. The, the last final hour was brilliant. And Mount Panorama, what a fucking circuit. I'd love to give that a go someday. But I never will. Um, oh, yeah, back to normal car news, I forgot to say. Um, the journals have been putting out their videos and news stories about the, the Ineos Grenadier. Um, I, I like the idea of the Ineos Grenadier. It's, I think it's more of a true successor to the uh, the original defender than the defender that Landro themselves brought out the new defender which is just too big and too comfortable as as I'm sure as capable as it is it's just too big now I wouldn't own any uh, Grenadier I certainly wouldn't own an original defender either because they're shit um, but if I did need a, an off-road car to actually go off-roading and tow stuff um, I'd consider it but then I watched Chris Harris um, put up his video last night on the Collecting Cars YouTube channel, um, which if, if you haven't seen it, I'd give it a watch. He put up a video of his um, V8 Land Cruiser that he has. Um, it's like a, I don't know, like a 10-year-old um, V8 Land Cruiser. And uh, yeah, if you needed a 4x4 off-road vehicle, that would be the answer because it's, wow, what a car. Give, give that video a watch. There's no point in me telling you about it because... Um, I won't be able to do it justice. He's a much better um, wordsmith um, than I am. Oh, just another thing as well. Like, and I'm, I'm going to get into my, my classified find of the week in a second. Um, but just another car that I saw for sale uh, in the UK on Piston Heads, just because I've been dreaming about it ever since. Um, and also, it will be the perfect antidote to the current um, M, M3 Touring, which all the journalists have been gushing about, uh, even those who, who weren't particularly polite about the the M4 Coupe or the M3 Saloon. Um, I don't know. Strange. Um, I think they're all just getting a bit giddy about the fact that there is an M3 Touring in existence. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm sure it's a great car, but it's ugly as sin. It's a hundred grand car plus sterling money I'd. Um, I don't know. It doesn't appeal to me at all. Um, I was about a brand new one. Um, I think I sold this last week. Um, I just got a B3 Touring from Alpina. But speaking of Alpina Tourings, uh, up on Pistonheads, give it a look. There is an E39 B10 V8S Touring. 
Um, now it's forty-two thousand pounds, which is a chunk of change, but oh Jesus Christ, it's, it's beautiful. It's I. If I had the cash, um, because you're getting into that kind of territory buying a car like that, um, you know, you're going to be, you're probably going to be in, in at least not necessarily money, no object, but you've got some expendable cash. Um, and if I had that kind of expendable cash, I wouldn't even have to think about it for a second. So going go to Piston Heads, it, it was posted a couple of days ago. Just give it a scroll, or even just search B10 Touring Piston Heads. It'll come up for you on the on the Google machine. Um, it's this thing on the internet. Um. What else was I going to say? Oh yeah, my classified find of the week this week. Um, I'm going to be a bit cheeky because I have two. There's two because it's two cars that are up for exactly the same price and they have a kind of a similar remit. Um, and I can't decide again if fictional if I was to if I was to buy either of them, which I'm obviously not going to do. But two of them are eight grand. Um, I'll post this on on my Instagram um, and I'll put it to a poll. So the first one is a blue. Uh, I can't remember the year. I should have written that down, but it's the, you know, it's the the Ali, the the old school. I'm gonna say it's 2002. <laughs> anyway, I'll post it up on Instagram. But it's a blue, old style, not the last run out model. Old style Jag XJR, um, eight grand. It's a beautiful looking thing, um, and just Jag XJRs are just fucking cool. I am um, supercharged V8, um. And then the other one, it's a E, it's an E five hundred avant garde. So not an E fifty five or any of that bullshit. It's just a, it's an, it's a W, um, the one after the W one two four, whatever that generation's called, uh, E five hundred. So it's a V eight, three hundred brake, rear wheel drive, absolute sleeper. Like nobody would bat an eyelid. Now obviously there are more evocative V eight super saloons out there. Than both of these um more reliable ones ones with better performance but for eight grand the two of them are a lot of car um and i can't decide which one if i was considering each of them in real life which again i'm not going to be which one i would have so i'm going to put it up on my instagram and i'll put it up as a poll and see what other people think my song of the week this week um is not a new song um i, I recommended uh, daughter last week uh, be on your way the first uh, track released from their new upcoming album They've released another one called Party, um, if you want to check that out. But that's not the one I'm recommending. The song I'm recommending this week, um, you've probably heard it before. You've definitely heard it before. And it's nothing new because it's, Jesus, probably nearly 20 years old, if not more. But I heard it on the radio um, during the week. And I think I've listened to it about 40 times since because it's an absolute fucking jam. It's Christina Aguilera, Genie in a Ball. Um, a great, great, great pop song with, you know, tongue-in-cheek suggestive lyrics. And, yeah, so... When's the last time you listened to Genie in the Ball? If it's been too long, if it's been a week even, listen to Genie in the Ball because it's fucking brilliant. And then my uh, YouTube channel I'm going to uh, recommend. Again, this is not so much the channel because I'm sure you're pretty aware of the channel because it's not really that obscure. It's the Isle of Man TT YouTube channel. But they've started a series. Um, I've watched the first two. I think there's only two so far. Um, they might have put up a third episode. But it's kind of like yeah. these small little less than 20 minute documentary style videos uh, about the history of the Isle of Man TT and all the big names are in it uh, and some of the new names well those who are still with us because obviously yeah, uh, road racing um, is not exactly the safest sport in the world the last gladiatorial motorsport out there for sure um, but yeah these these little documentary uh, videos they're putting up are, are well worth the watch so 
so give give them a go um so yeah i'm gonna sign off here now how long have i been recording for let's have a look uh do, 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 do. where's the time on this 33 minutes okay so not, not the longest um i do apologize that certainly was uh for even by my standards pretty low quality um but it's friday and i've worked a long week and i'm tired um but if you have listened thank you kindly i love you all be safe be well and i'll talk to you again soon